This podcast may be explicit in nature and may not be suitable for listeners under the age of 15. Now that that's out of the way, if you're ready to learn some cool shit and have a laugh or two along the way, let's get it. It's your boy Kells, aka Special K, back again. I know it's been a while. You know, I, we shouldn't have left you, but we're back, uh, Culture Marauders. Um, it is Friday, October 9th, twenty twenty. Um, last time you saw us, I think it was the end of August, so it's, it's been a little bit. Uh, of course, I have my my lovely uh, wife here, Rena. She's joining us. Say hi to everybody. What's up, <laughs> Yo, Tampa? Yep, that's right. The Rays are in a, the divisional series against the Yankees. Game five tonight. Winner takes all. So, you know, the city of Tampa's pumped. The Rays have uh, already, or not the Rays, but the Lightning have already taken care of business last week. As you can see, our guest here, she is in full uh, Tampa mode. Hey. <laughs> full, full Bay Boogie mode tonight. So, Let's go. There it is. So, but yeah, so fellow Marauders, thank you for, for coming in with us again. Um, like I said, it's been a while, but it's the freaking weekend. So we're going to have some fun tonight. And um you know, with a culture shot. It's something we, we do every now and again, just uh, when we got some information we want to kick out to y'all. Um, culture Marauders, the show where we uh, maraud on all culture and deliver the goods to the masses, AKU, the listeners and the viewers out there who we sincerely appreciate. So, you know, we're going to get into it. But before we do, I want to drop a little knowledge on y'all today. So today in history, we have Ernesto Che Guevara was executed today. So, and if you don't know who Che is, um, he was the Marxist socialist um, who was uh, Fidel Castro's right-hand man and played a key role in Castro's coup of the Cuban government in 1959. Um, he was born to a well-off family in Argentina in 1928, studied medicine at the University of Buenos Aires, and, um, you know, took some time off to travel, you know, find himself. And, um, you know, there's a movie out there called The Motorcycle Diaries that chronicles uh, Che's journey and his uh, early life. Um, you know, he took the time to travel witnessing the poverty and oppression of the lower class in uh, Latin America. So this, you know, motivated him. Um, you know, he went back, finished up his degree, but then, you know, went back to traveling a little bit more and became more involved with left wing organizations. Um, you know, he met Castro in the mid 1950s. And after their takeover of Cuba, uh, Guevara became Castro's ministry, minister of industry, whatever that means. Um, you know, he strongly opposed the U.S. domination in Latin America and led, a, you know, peasant based revolutions to combat social injustice in third world countries. So uh, in April of 1965, Guevara left his position with Cuba's ec- after uh, Cuba's economic and foreign policies weren't really in line with what he was kind of feeling at the time. Um, a lot of uh, rumors say that, you know, him and Castro had a falling out and, uh, you know, he was asked to step away or I'm pretty sure there are other consequences. So he took the smart road and left where uh, he, he was uh, under underground for a little bit and uh, but resurfaced in Bolivia and uh, organized uh, organized a band of guerrillas to continue his movement. But it wasn't so easy this time. So, you know, the uh, U.S. backed millet or the U.S. backed Bolivian army um, captured him on October 8th, 1967. And uh, Guevara was executed the next day, October 9th. And, uh, you know, so and that was the end of his story. Uh, they cut off his hands to show the proof and uh, buried him, um, you know, in, uh, in uh, Bolivia. And they found his remains in 1997, returned him to Cuba where Castro held a big celebration, held him as a hero. Um, so there's a lot of controversy about Guevara uh, said he was, you know, some he was a revolutionary to some and a murderer to others. You know, it all depends on who you ask. Right. So. Um, so when you see that kid rocking the, the Che Guevara with the beret and the star and the stoic look, you know, that hot topic shirt, you got a little background on why he's rocking it. So, you know, so there's your history for today. Uh, Ernesto Che Guevara was executed. So long story short. So, you know, talking politics and everything, you know, we're, we're in the, you know, I, I, from what I understand, we're in a season of politics, right? Mm-hmm. There's some, some big things coming up, yeah? Yes. Yeah, Be yeah. good birthday presidents right after my birthday. <laughs> so with that being said, today, fellow Marauders, we are talking about voting and voting, voter education. With that being said, on today's culture shot, 
We have our special guest, Ms. Liz LeBron, voter outreach manager for Pinellas County here in beautiful, sunny Tampa, Florida. Well, sunny at least for the next day because it's supposed to rain all weekend, but we'll take it while we get it. So welcome, Liz. Thank you for uh, marauding with us. And uh, how are you doing? I am fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. Happy super early birthday. And I am going to put my mail ballot in the mail tomorrow just for you. So happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> One gift, about a thousand million, million more. That's right, right. Hopefully a lot more. Hopefully a lot more. So so tell us about yourself, Liz. So like I said, you're the voter outreach manager for Pinellas County. What all does that entail? Tell the fellow marauders out there what you what you do for us. So I have one of the best jobs of anyone in the county. My job is to go around and talk to people about civic participation. I get to go to all of the public schools in the county and talk to students about registering to vote, why voting is so important, what the elected officials in the county do, what kinds of decisions they make. I go talk to folks like you, your audience members. I go to senior centers, uh, senior living facilities, anybody in the county who wants to learn more about what we do, how we hold elections and how to vote. That's what I get to do all the time. So I just, I get to have um, help people engage with the electoral process. And I just, I'm so fortunate. And thank you for welcoming me to your program. Hey, this is a gift for us because usually we, we you know, we got to beg people to come on. So we'll tell you how we get it. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> no, just joking. We got a lot of, a lot of loyal followers out there. We got a couple of people watching tonight. So thank you again for, you know, stopping by. I know it's Friday night. You probably want to chill and hang out, but hey, we'll make it worth your while. I promise. So nowhere to go. So I'm <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Silly me, I forgot. Very We're in the true. middle of a pandemic, so you know. <laughs> so before we get into it, right? So this is what I like to do with all my guests: is hey, this this is where you just come up and just talk business and leave. No, 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 no. We are on a whole different level with this. So we do a little thing we call the icebreaker, um, where you know I, I got some cards in my hands right here. You know, nothing special. So I'm gonna draw from these. Actually, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Karina pick pick. And uh, this is from a game that I really think is really cool. We've been playing with this for a while. It's called One's Gotta Go. But with one question, I'm going to ask you, ooh, actually, it's this question. All right. You got you to gotta bring one of these people back. All right. If you could bring any one of these people back, tell us why and, and who and, and why. All right. So here it is, the first one. Who are you going to bring back? Bob Marley, Prince, Whitney Houston, or Michael Jackson? Oh, yeah. There's only one choice for me, and that is Prince. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All day, every day. He so just wants, you know. He blesses my life all the time, and he just wasn't done. He had so much more to give, and he. I mean, I'm sorry, but he wrote "I Would Die for You," and yeah. I, yeah. I was done. I was like, "Yep, this is the man." So, without a doubt, Prince. How many times you seen Purple Rain? Oh, mercy. Stop. <laughs> I mean, how many times overall or just the, like when he died? It was no, like. No, uh, how, many, how many times would you estimate you've seen Purple Rain? Dozens. <laughs> not, not a couple. <laughs> uh, dozens. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. So, big Prince fan. Let's get one more. One more before we get into it. All right. So this one, this is one's got to go. You got to get rid of one of these. Here, I'll let you read it this time. Go ahead. All right, one's got to go. Frosted Flakes, Lucky Charms, Fruit Loops, or Cinnamon Toast Crunch? Fruit Loops. Yeah, I can say that. Yeah, they get that. soggy if you leave them too long and melt. Mm, don't hold it. <laughs> Something always wasn't right. <laughs> Remember, even as a kid, being like, "Oh, we got Fruit Loops." Yeah, disappointed, yeah. right? Yeah, we see a lot of Fruit Loops yeah. as a kid, and, and just disappointment, you know. It, All the sugar comes off from too quick yeah. in the milk. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> not, not a good brand from Kellogg's or a good uh, selection yeah. from Kellogg's, but hey, it is what it is. So there it is. Look, Liz, we you broke you in nice. Yeah, right? we broke you in. We took it that easy on gentle. you. We took it easy <laughs> on you. This but nevertheless, you are a fellow marauder, so you are a forever a friend of the show. Well, depending on how this interview goes. But as it stands right now, you are a friend of the show. So let's not mess this up. We'll keep it keep you in the good graces. <laughs> All right. All right. Forever BFFs. Let's do there, it. There it is. There it is. Friendship bracelets and everything. So all right. So moving on. So all right, let's go ahead and get into it, right? So voter registration in 2020. So with your position, you know, in uh, Pinellas County, you talked about all the people that you reach out to, people you're talking to. So 
how is it going? I know registration just ended uh, last week, if I'm not mistaken, right? This week. And let me tell you, this was a very unusual, uh, very unusual season to register people to vote. Surprise. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, COVID has had everybody on lockdown. So all of the places we normally go to register people, they've been closed. So we had to transition, you know, that doesn't excuse our office from doing our jobs, which is to, you know, bring registration to the people. So we just had to rethink how we do this on the fly. And we started doing virtual registrations. I mean, I, I, I held an event for 4,400 people virtual. So in, in a way, it's been a blessing because there's people who wouldn't have been able to participate if we had been doing live events, right? Maybe they couldn't get off work early enough or they had to go pick up the kids after school, you know, but because it was virtual, they could tune in, they could just pop in on their phones and do it. And some of the organizations that we work with, so the, the really large event that I did was with Mi Familia Vota. Mm. And because the voter registration application is the same all over the state, they actually had all of their chapters in Florida tune in. There's no way I'd have an event with 4,400 people. So, I mean, I was blessed, you know, to, yeah. to get to talk to 4,400 people. And if if even a 10% of them registered to vote, I mean, wow, what a difference mm -hmm. that can make in their communities, you know? So in a way, it was a, a huge challenge because I couldn't go in person and talk to people, you know, and I'm very outgoing and I love interacting with people. I like being out there in the community and not being able to do that has been difficult, yeah. but I wouldn't have gotten all of the interaction that I have gotten, even though it was virtual, any other way. So it, it, it was both a blessing and a curse, but more of a blessing. Okay. So I'm looking at Pinellas' numbers as of today, right? So we got 710,298 uh, people. Um, yeah. And, and that's that's quite a bit just for the county. Do you yes. think that, you know, uh, with the virtual uh, events that you're holding and stuff like that, do you think those numbers were driven by that? Or how much of an increase have you seen, you know, from the beginning of your work up until, you know, this point with this number right here? So I started in this office in January. <laughs> so a month after I started, COVID kind of crept in. So I really only got to do my job in, in the before times for about a month. And I will tell you, the presidential primary was in March. And mm. in that primary, when the voter registration deadline hit, we had 544,000 people registered to vote. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So the wow. difference was from March until now, right? Okay. So I think what my office does and what so many organizations, you know, there's a lot of nonprofits who work on get out the vote initiatives in mm -hmm. election times. I think everybody pivoting to um, virtual, I mean, really kicked it into high gear because that difference, 544 to 710, that all happened from March till now. So, I mean, it has not slowed down. That's good. That's very cool. Do you think uh, what we're seeing, what we're seeing on the news and in our everyday lives and, and how the pandemic has been hand, handled and, and, you know, we've seen the the debate, right? So the, the, a couple of debates. Do you think that's also kind of driven people to, to go and register? Do you think that's played a role in that? What we've seen is an uptick in vote by mail applications for sure. So not only people registering to vote, but people requesting mail ballots. Um, you know, people are afraid. Mm -hmm. They don't know. There's a lot of uncertainty. So people have really opted for mailing ballots. But I have to say, Pinellas County was really a leader in pushing vote by mail even before COVID. So we had a really high percentage of our voters who requested mail ballots. Now we're at around 55%. Okay. Yeah. So we saw a huge uptick in that. Um, and as you know, we have a, a lot of elderly folk in our community. Mm -hmm. So just trying to keep them safe, trying to keep them healthy. And, and we're definitely seeing an uptick. So definitely a push for people not only to engage and vote, but also to vote by mail and make sure that no matter what's going on in November, I mean, we don't know what election day is going to look like. Right. People want to vote. And that's really great to see that they're taking the time to request those mail ballots. That's good. That's very good.
Did you have anything to ask? Yeah. So with the melon ballots, you know, there's a lot of controversy on um, that the melon ballots aren't going to make it in. They're finding them in the trash, especially, you know, they said some military ballots that were in. And melon ballots have been going on for a while. I mean, you've been able to mail in your vote for decades. So how safe is it? Uh, can you, you know, let us know kind of like that process of how it, is my vote going to get counted if I, if I mail it in? Sure. So vote by mail is extremely safe. Like I said, it's something that we've been doing for a long time in Pinellas County. So yes, we've seen an uptick, but our office was already used to dealing with a really high volume of mail ballots. We have the equipment to do it. We have the processes in place to do it. We have the staff to do it. So is it a challenge to have more of them than usual? Sure. But we were already expecting a high number. Um, I will say as far as the post office, if you go on our Twitter feed, which is at Vote Pinellas, we're seeing people who said, hey, you know, mail ballot went out the 29th and I got my ballot two days later. Um, somebody tweeted at me today. I sent in my ballot and two days later I went on the votepinellas.com and saw that it had already been received. So it's anecdotal. But so far we have not had that experience. So far, our experience has been great. Uh, we haven't had people say, no, I haven't received my ballot or, you know, I sent my ballot a week ago and I still don't see that it showed up. So we haven't experienced that. So, you know, definitely do that. But also we've had a lot of people go to our office and drop it off in person, mm. which people are certainly welcome to do. Um, October 19th, we will have 25 ballot drop-off locations, including our three offices. But right now, today, anybody can drop off their mail ballot at our office. Uh, we have one in Largo, one in Clearwater, one in St. Pete, and we've seen lots and lots of people doing that. So, um, but to get back to the, the safety of voting by mail, it is extremely safe to vote by mail. Um, I can tell you, we look at each and every signature on the ballot envelopes. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize that. So, so far we've mailed out, uh, I think over 380,000 mail ballots. So somebody in our office will look at each and every one of those envelopes. You know, I spent a few hours looking today at signatures. So we actually do look at them. I spent a couple hours talking to voters that there was a discrepancy in the signature. We reach out to them right away so that their ballot can count, nice. you know, so Yes, absolutely. We do go through that step. Um, I mentioned the 25 ballot drop-off locations. We have staff that stays with those boxes the entire time. Really? The you drop off, they come back to our office every single day. They don't just stay out with the box, you know, so there's a chain of command, you know, chain of custody. I'm sorry, chain of custody. <laughs> with the you know, they're never unattended. All of that stuff is sealed and we take great care of everybody's ballot, tracking each and every one. We don't leave the office until every ballot is accounted for. If a ballot arrives in our office, we know where it is at all times. I mean, I, there's a team of dedicated folks who work an obscene amount of hours during election time to make sure that your ballot is safe, that it's counted, that if there is a discrepancy, we text you, we call you, we send you a letter, you know, we really go out of our way to connect with you and make sure that you have an opportunity to come and show us your ID and we count your ballot. Um, so our team is really dedicated to keeping everybody's vote safe. Very cool. So, I mean, let me ask you, so it, do you see that, you know, is this normal, like standard operating procedure or maybe just because of what's going on and maybe the fear of, you know, mail-in ballots being tampered with that maybe the security is a little bit more heightened this time? Or, or is this normally how you guys operate? This is actually how we normally operate. Um, yeah, this is our normal stuff. And like I said, because we already had a high number of people who vote by mail in Pinellas, all of this was already in place. So we're really lucky. Um, I do know that there are other counties, maybe other states, where this is a little bit unusual and they've had to, you know, come up with these procedures sort of on the fly. Mm -hmm. And it can be a challenge. You know, I'm not going to lie. It is it is difficult to pivot if you're not used to doing this. But our team has been doing this for a long time. We have election staff that has worked in our office um, for sometimes decades. 
So, you know, there's a woman that I work with who has been in our office. She's been a poll worker for 40 years. Wow. Yes. They, they love it. They take it very seriously. So we we have people on our team who have been doing this a very long time. Um, We always have security in the building. You know, there's always security on election day, but everything I just described is normal. Uh, We did add one thing. We do have the drop as a drop-off site. All right. Yeah. Fellow Marauders, that's the tribe the, where the Rays play. So, yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. All right. So, all right. So, there's your uh, voter registration information for Pinellas. So, let's get into a little bit more of the education portion of it, okay. right? So, what are your, your rights as a registered voter here in Pinellas County? So, you have a right to come and cast your ballot in secret. You have a right to come and cast your ballot and not be bothered by any sort of political activity. Certainly our team is not there to bother you with any of those things. And we take great care, again, um, to follow the law and make sure that there's no political activity at any of our polling locations. You have a right, you know, our office is nonpartisan, so I never go to any school or any event and endorse any position or any candidate. I'm only here to provide information to people about how to vote. Um, so, and I take that extremely seriously. Um, you know, it wouldn't be fair to anybody in the process if anyone in my office were to do something like that. So when you come cast your ballot, you're not gonna encounter anything like that. And you have the right to vote in a safe manner. So again, we take great care with people's ballots. And because of COVID, we're also taking precautions to make sure that our team is wearing masks, that our um, polling locations are clean and safe. So those are really your rights as a voter, and we take them very seriously. Okay. You know, and, and that's a serious thing. Like, you know, a lot of people, they'll they'll give you a social security number before they tell you anything about who they're voting for or the process. So it's, it's one of those things where it's near yeah. and dear to, to their hearts. And um, that's that's really cool that, that you know, y'all create an environment and, and uh, acknowledge those rights of those registered voters. Do you often get people who maybe missed the cutoff or, or didn't register and try to uh, slide in there and maybe cast a vote? You know, there's always, uh, those are always circumstances we try to avoid for sure. Mm. There's always somebody, but you know, to be fair, we have to enforce the law and follow the law and the rules for everybody. So, you know, just like when the polls close, you know, we can't let somebody come in and vote at eight o'clock. You know, we have to be fair to everybody. So our team is just there to follow the law. And we try our hardest to give people opportunities to register, request mail ballot, time for the deadline. But yeah, we have to follow the law. Okay. And that's all you can do. You follow the law, you ain't wrong. So there it is. There you go. <laughs> all right. You got anything? On the day of, I think you're asking our question about that. On the day of election day, mm-hmm. is there any more heightened security? Um, because, of, you know, everything going on, there seems to be, you know, a lot of writing, a lot of marching still. Um, lots of people protest. protest. Are there going to be increased security at the ba- um, ballots? Polling stations. Polling stations. Okay. Um, not necessarily at the polling station, but we do have um, we do have security measures in place to get the ballots back to our office. We, you know, we don't have um, if, if if you're talking about the actual polling locations, we don't have a police presence at. The polling locations, you know, we don't want people to feel intimidated either. These are normally not issues that we have at our polling locations. We do have security in our building, which is where we're tabulating the ballots and actually processing them. You know, so we want to make sure. By the way, when I say we have security, um, I also want to point out our office is a public building. Our proceedings are open to the public. So we have a viewing area that's open to the public. Anybody can come in while the canvassing board is meeting and observe those proceedings. So we do have a space for the public to be engaged in the process and participate, but we also have to have boundaries. You know, there are places in the building when we're processing ballots that people just cannot be. So we do security in place to make sure that, you know, everybody's rights are protected. So those public spaces are, you know, safe for everybody, but also that our staff and our team is protected and the space that we need to process the the ballots and conduct the election fairly, that those spaces are also safe. Okay, all right. 
And it sounds like a lot of work. Like, like so when this is all over, do y'all get like a break? Do y'all shut down or do, pizza I mean. Pizza party. Yeah, <laughs> pizza party. Do y'all shut down or, or, I mean, how does, how does the day after work? Like, like, let's say November 4th, right? How does that, what, what I know, right? You probably can't wait. What does that look like for y'all? So I'm so glad you asked me that question because mom, if you're listening, this is for you. So the last election, my sister called me at eight on election day. And I was like, why are you calling me at eight? <laughs> Who won? <laughs> and my sister was like, well, the polls closed at seven. And I was like, yeah, for you guys, that's when our work begins. Sure. So yeah. election day is not the end of the line for us by far. So we have a series of election related activity that goes on for about 12 days after a normal election, right? I'm, this is not a recount election, right? So remember, our service members who are overseas. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we accept their ballots to 10 days after election day. So mm -hmm. we're still processing ballots as they come in. You know, we definitely don't want to turn away our men and women in uniform. So that's still going on. And those results that you see on election day, those are not the official results, right? right? So after the election, we're still dealing with people who maybe had to cast a provisional ballot, or if we had an issue with somebody's signature on their mail ballot, people have until five o'clock, two days after the election, so November 5th, five o'clock to cure their ballots or resolve any issues we had on election day when they had to vote a provisional ballot. So we're still processing those things. The canvassing board is still meeting. The day after the election, so fun fact, we're there until whatever time. We get there at 5 a.m. and we're we're at the election site until we can go home. Whatever time that is, if it's two o'clock in the morning, so be it. The next day, eight o'clock, everybody. Because, oh yeah. We have, <laughs> yeah. We have to get ready for an audit. So we come in the next day and we start sorting out ballots, getting ready for our audit because we actually run the whole election. We tabulate all of the ballots to make sure that what we counted on election day is accurate. Okay. So no rest for the weary. I mean, really, I would say no earlier than Thanksgiving will anybody have any days off. And that's if there's, you know, if everything runs smoothly, but yeah, we'll be in election mode well after election day. Well, looking at who we have well, in office right now, I I wouldn't count even Thanksgiving. You <laughs> might you might want to look more like Boxing Day in December for Canada. I don't know. So, uh, I'm hoping I'm hoping it goes smooth, and you know I respect whatever way it goes, but as long as it's fair and long as it's done right, you know. That's so right. I mean that's that's you got to you got to take it. So that's our goal for sure. Um, you know, no matter who wins, no matter who loses. Our goal is that the residents of Pinellas County can look at our office and say, this election was conducted fairly. Mm -hmm. We can see the process. It's a transparent process. And we can go back if there's any questions. So this is the purpose of the audit, right? We go back and show, hey, what we told you happened on election day is what happened. Here it is. Let's run it again. And here it is. You can see you know, that it's the same thing. So that's really our goal. No matter who wins, who loses. That's what we need to be able to look at the voters of this county and say, we conducted this election correctly. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Sounds good. Hey, fellow Marauders, for all of you guys just tuning in, you are viewing the culture shot with our guest, Ms. Liz LeBron, voter outreach manager for Pinellas County. And she is laying, uh, laying down the good stuff on us about not only, you know, uh, voter registration rights, but also how the process has been running so far um, this year. And, you know, the numbers have grown, um, you said, from what, 500,000 to 700 since March, um, you know, significant growth. And, you know, everybody's really in tune with what's happening and getting out there and registering to vote. So we transition over to the next question. Right. So what are some of the myths and misconceptions about voting? Gosh, so many. So I would say <laughs> number one myth that I hear a lot is that we don't count all mail ballots. And that is absolutely not true. Um, we count all eligible mail ballots. So like I said, sometimes if we have a question about a signature, there are times when we're not able to resolve that, right? We call, we text, we send a letter, and we don't hear back from the voter. 
the canvassing board might decide, you know what, we can't verify this signature and they may not accept that ballot, but that's a very, very, very small um, percentage. I, if Don't quote me on this, but I believe in the last election, it was 0.04%, right? So it was, it's very, very low. Um, so that's the number one myth that I hear all the time when I talk to people. If I vote by mail, it's not going to count. That's not true. We count each and every ballot, including up to 10 days after the election when we were still receiving ballots from overseas. Um, another thing, so this goes back to the issue of is voting by mail safe? You know, there's some questions about whether or not we'll be done counting on election day. So some people may not know that Florida law allows us to start opening ballots ahead of the election. So on Monday, and this is open to the public, so anybody can come to our office and watch this process happen. On Monday, we will start opening any mail ballots that we have received so far. And the way this is done, again, it's open to the public, but our canvassing board, which is the supervisor of elections, a county judge, and a county commissioner, that's our canvassing board. They oversee this process. So they're there to observe and make sure that, you know, nobody's, you know, doing anything untoward to any of the ballots, right? They're watching the process. On Wednesday, we start tabulating mail ballots. So when you see that initial count on election day, that includes mail ballots that we have received until about six o'clock on election day. And you can actually, if you have a mail ballot, you can go to our website and track it. It'll show you the day that we sent it, that, uh, when we receive it back from you, and it'll show when it's counted, right? So you can see, you know, if next Wednesday we count your ballot, you'll be able to see, okay, they've tabulated my ballot. We don't release any results, but you can see that we have run your ballot and tabulated it. Um, that is by far the, the biggest one. I, I get a lot of misconceptions about mail um, voting by mail. I'm trying to think of one on election day. This isn't a myth, but it's a misconception that I hear sometimes. So if you are in line at seven o'clock on election day, you can still vote, right? Mm -hmm. So if the polls close and you are in line, sit tight. We're there with you. We're hanging in there with you until you cast your ballot. So don't go anywhere because you have the right to vote. Okay, so does it work like, hey, you're in line, and then let's say you get there at like 7.55. 8 o'clock, anything behind you gets cut off. Is that is that correct? Well, the polls close at 7, so don't get there at 7.55. Oh, okay. But, yeah. Good to know. Be way too late. Yeah, but you get there at 6.55, and you're still standing in line. If you're in line at 7 o'clock, you have a right to vote, so please okay, sit cool. tight, don't leave. Okay? Good. Let's uh, be there early. When's the when's the start? What's the start time? Seven a.m. to seven p.m. Seven a.m. All right, all right. Yeah. Okay. Every last minute all on right, this. All right. It's it's too important. You can't mess around with this. Like you know, like we're trying to go to dinner. She's sitting there doing makeup for like thirty minutes. I'm telling her, hey, we can't mess around with Every day you can go and vote. We have right. five. Right. Right? No excuses. Well, you, can, you can you can probably do mail in and everything starts around that time. Mail in right? and so, in person. Yeah, in person. Well, mail in has already begun. We mailed out any ballot request that we already had on file. We mailed them out uh, September 29th. So oh. we've received yeah. And actually, you can go right on our website and see the most up to date count. So I haven't looked at it to see how many we got today. But it should be somewhere around 70,000 that we've received so far, maybe yeah. a little bit less. But if you go to votepanelas.com right there on our homepage, it'll show you how many we've received. Cool, 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 cool. I want to uh, ask you about a, another, I guess, a uh, misconception. If you have a criminal record, a you, you, you can't vote. So I know I was uh, reading an article in, in Snoop Dogg, right? So he said he's never voted and he's voting for the first time this this election. And he said the reason why he never did is because. He thought because he had a, a prior criminal record that mm -hmm. he can't vote. And so that wasn't true. And so he's voting for the very first time now. Can you uh, kind of clear or talk a little bit about that? Sure. So there are some instances where people have their right to vote revoked, right? Mm -hmm. And some mental health diagnoses, right? So the court can say this person is not capable of 
you know, voting. They're not able to formulate um, a vote for themselves, right? So sometimes the court does revoke that for some mental health diagnoses. And then if you have a felony conviction, right? But you can have your right to vote restored, right? And that is a case-by-case basis. I'm sure you've heard a lot about that in the news. Um, A lot of people don't know that we actually have someone in our office who works with returning citizens, right? So if you have served your sentence and you believe that you should be able to register, please do not hesitate to contact our office. We have somebody there who works with returning citizens and can help. I know it can be kind of confusing, so we're there to help navigate that process. And there's also a division of civil rights, restoration of civil rights, and they can help people navigate that process. So I always tell people, you know, don't hesitate to reach out because if we can help you, we definitely want to get you on the voter rolls. There it is. You heard it here first from the lady herself. She's telling you there's a way. So don't let, you know, just because you got some dirt on you, you may be eligible. So please, please, please go ahead and, 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 and look into it. Uh, look on the website, make that contact, and, and go ahead and take care of business and get that vote in. Thank you, Liz, for that. Um, yeah. Snoop's going to vote. You can vote, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what Snoop's been up to? Call me <laughs> know you have a vacation home in Florida. Give your girl a call. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to go, you know, get on the, the next uh, question. So, you know, you, 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 you said you're going around, you're talking at a lot of the colleges and, and you know, uh, elderly and, and stuff like that. So first time in, in young voters, how is that process looking and what are you, what are you doing? How, how does your message go across to them? Because, you know, a lot of people, you know, older people, yeah, they probably voted or haven't voted in a, in a long time, but they're familiar with the process for the most part. With first time in young uh, voters, how is that, how is that different and what are y'all doing to get that message out to them? Well, so now we're back to the number one misconception about voting, and that is that your vote doesn't matter, right? It is the number one reason young people give me for not registering to vote or not voting. They think, oh, my vote doesn't matter. So whenever I speak to a group of students, I always tell them, you know, I'm supposed to be there to register them to vote. And I always tell them, you guys are smart. You have Google. You don't need me to help you register to vote. You can look that up. But I do want to talk to you about why, right? Because if you don't have a why you should vote, you're not going to bother looking up how, Mm. right? So I'm there really to talk to them about the why. And what I look at when I talk to them is look at what's happening in your local community. You know, we get bombarded with a lot of federal office um, campaign materials and things. And that can be really overwhelming to young people because they can feel disconnected from that. So I try to bring it down to the local level and show them that, you know, the bulk of decisions that impact your everyday life, those decisions are being made by people right here in your community. And COVID is a really good entryway to show people that because when you look at the things that have happened in our community, the beach is closing, schools closed, mask mandate. All of those decisions were made by local folk. You know, the president's a little busy. He didn't really have time to figure out if St. Pete Beach should be open or closed. You know, that's not coming from up there in Washington. That's coming from here, right? Mm-hmm. So I always ask young people, what did you think about your school opening, closing, coming back, being online? You know, however you feel about it, love it, hate it, somewhere in between know that somebody here in your community made that call, right? So if you're happy with the way they did it, you have an opportunity to say, you know what? I like how that process worked out. I want that person to stay in office. You get to decide that. If you're not happy with it, you get to decide, hey, I think your time is up. I want somebody else in that spot, right? And a lot of young people don't realize where jurisdiction lies when it comes to some of those decisions. They don't realize that, hey, the mayor made that decision or the city council made that decision. So when I explain that to them, it really kind of opens their eyes and they think, wow, you know, I had one um, one high school student who was like, yeah, man, I haven't been able to go to the beach. I'm not, I'm not down with that. I'm like, okay, well. <laughs> hey, cut out that beach time. It's time to make some moves. You're <laughs> trying to shake it up. <laughs> yeah. So- like, you know what? The president didn't decide to close the beach. Exactly. It, was the, it was these folks. So that's really how I see my job is to really make those connections with the local community. 
and open their eyes as to how much power they have mm -hmm. to impact their everyday lives. Um, something else, if I could, something else that I always tell them is if you look at the bios of a lot of the people in Washington, so one of our senators, for example, Marco Rubio, Marco Rubio was a city commissioner at one point. So there is a there was a city commissioner race in Reddington Shores. Mm -hmm. 195 people voted in that contest just a few months ago. 195 people. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's the same office that one of our senators used to hold. And now he's a senator. Yeah. So not only do these people have enormous power and control over what happens here in your community, but if you get to know your local officials, you'll probably see them again. Oh, yeah. in the and then in Congress, some of mm -hmm. them become governors, some of them become presidents, you know? Yeah. So you have power to see who makes it through that pipeline. So if you pay just a little bit of attention to who these folks are here, you get to decide, you know, do I want this person to be in the state house in Congress? You know, mm -hmm. so that's really how I see my job when I work with young people is to make those connections, because I know they can be hard mm -hmm. um, for someone who's never engaged with the electoral process. I know it can be hard to see those connections. Right. Have you seen a lot of enthusiasm from uh, the younger group this uh, this time or? You know, it's about the same or, you know, I would think like, like I said, with everything going on, you know, it looks like everybody is fully engaged. you got all these voting initiatives, all these commercials and stuff like that. Are you seeing like a, a lot of uh, energy coming from the from the younger group? You know, I have. I was actually at Boca Ciega High School a couple of weeks ago and there was a, a young man who reached out to me. And I mean, he was almost begging me to come to his campus. He was like, I know it's COVID and, you know, but I just, he really just wanted me to come to campus. And, you know, so I went, I went and sat in the library with my little mask on because he was so enthusiastic that I couldn't say no. You know, he wanted me to come during lunch when it was crazy and nobody was wearing masks, you know, and I was kind of a little bit hesitant, but he was so persistent. And he, even his teacher emailed me and said, you know, he's been trying to get you out here. Like he's just been talking about it for so long. And I was so moved that he cared so much, even during COVID, that I dropped off applications before I went to campus and he handed them out to all of his friends. So when I got there, all these people had already filled them out. You know, I encountered that before at a school and That's he was cool. just so enthused. I know. So I've seen a lot of young people like that who just want to be part of this process, be part of this election. So mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of enthusiasm out there, um, but you have to meet students where they are. You know, you have to meet young people where they are. They may not get excited about the same things you do, but that's okay. Right. You know, so I try and get excited, whatever gets them excited. I'm like, you know what? You want me to come out and, and just sit in the library? I'm, I'm going to do it. Let's go. Let's do it. You know, that's, cool. that's very so, cool. A resounding yes, lots of enthusiasm. Very cool. All right, so we're gonna we're on the home stretch right here, right? So you already told us how soon we can vote. That's uh, starting. Was it was it October nineteenth? That's the earliest you can start. That's the earliest you can go in person to our early voting location. Yes, but the mail ballots are already out there. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So we got that. And then, watch. Uh, do me a favor. Lay us, lay on us. What are the different ways you can vote? Sure. So you can vote by mail, right? You have until October 24th to request that we send you a mail ballot in the mail. If you miss that deadline, you can still get your mail ballot. You just have to come to our office and pick it up. We just don't want to risk putting it in the mail after that because it's just not enough time to mm. get it to you and have it you know, come back to us. But if you request one before October 24th, we'll get it in the mail to you. You can vote by mail and return it to us through the post office, or you can drop it off at one of 25 locations. You can awesome. vote early. We got five locations throughout the county, including our three offices, October 19th through November 1st, seven to seven. So no excuses, no every excuse. single day, including weekends. We're there at seven o'clock till 7 p.m. Come on out. And then on election day. All right. 
how important is it to know your polling station, like where you where you're supposed to go? Because some people will probably try to go some other places, but there's designated spots where you're actually like, I guess, regional areas or regional polling office or whatever, where you're supposed to go to cast your vote. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes. I'm so glad you asked me that question. So the registration deadline already passed, but you can change your address at any point, including on election day. So let's say you move the day before the election, you can change your address because, and here's why that's important. One, you want to make sure you have the right polling location, but you want to make sure you're voting for the people in your community, right? So if you are living in Clearwater and you move down to a different part of the county, you want to make sure you're voting for your local officials, right? So I always tell people, if you're now living in, in St. Pete and you used to live in Clearwater, you don't want to vote for the mayor of Clearwater, right? You want to vote for your mayor. Right. So it's really important that we have your correct address. To avoid delays at the polls, I do encourage people, you can call us, you can go on our website and make that change, you can request it in writing. Please do that before election day. But hey, listen, life happens. It's all good. If you just didn't get to it and it's election day, you can do it on election day too. All right. Well, there it is. That's good information. Fellow Marauders, we just had the culture shot with our guest, Liz LeBron, voter outreach manager for Pinellas County down here in beautiful uh, Tampa, Florida. And uh, she just laid a whole bunch of information on us. If, if you're just tuning in, unfortunately, this is the end. But good news for you, you'll be able to listen to it again on all the platforms that this is going to be uploaded to. So you're never too far away from some good uh, culture marauding out there. So, But anyway, so wrapping it up, uh, Liz, thank you so, so, so much for coming on. I know this. you said it's your first podcast, right? It is. It's my first podcast. Hey, you knocked it out the park. How do we do? What do you think? I love it. This is so <laughs> at the clock. I'm like, oh my God, it's 7.51. I want to keep it. It flies by. So yeah, I mean, we had some fun and, and you got some some very, very good information out to us as far as the numbers, as far as like the misconceptions and, and the myths, you know, debunking a lot of those, um, just talking about the polling stations, uh, the different ways you can vote, um, you know, the, the times um, and, and the information. So before we let you go, you know, any final thoughts and let us know where we can find you on social media and also let us know where, uh, Anybody looking for information can find that information. Yeah. So the most important thing I want to leave everybody with, our website is votepanelas.com. It is the only website, it's the only place to get the official election information from our office. And it is super important because if there are any last minute changes, for example, if we have to change a polling location at the last minute, that's the place to look for it. That's the place to go. There are lots of places that try and give voting information and that we appreciate it. We know they're trying to get out the vote, but the only place they get the official word is votepanelas.com. Our social media is votepanelas. Look for hashtag votepanelas. And you can always call us at 727-464-8683. And you can ask for me, Liz. They'll patch you right on through to me. If you have any questions, I'm happy to talk to you. Um, but please, votepanel.com. That's where you'll find all the official info from our office. There it is. News you can use, fellow Marauders. So please take advantage of it. All right. Any shout outs? I know you got to move too. I do. I want to give a shout out to all of the ballot production team members in our office. They have been working so hard for weeks preparing the mail ballots. Now they're processing the mail ballots and they really are just the people. They're the heart of the operation. Our office are the ones that make it work. Um, they work 12 plus hour days for months to pull off the elections and they really are rock stars. So shout out to all of them. Shout out to all the people at the polling locations and the best shout out to all of our poll workers. You know, COVID has been a challenge, but this community has just come through. We had so, we literally had thousands of poll worker applications because people were just, you know, they want to make sure this election happens. So thank you from the bottom of all of our hearts in our office, to all of our poll workers, you guys are the best. Thank you so much for coming through one more time for this election. There it is. Well said, giving a shout out to all the people behind the scenes. And, you know, hey, shout outs, uh, you know, from me and, and, and Rena, I know she went to go check on the kids and probably started dinner for them. 
they were getting restless. But shout out to my wife, uh, my, my, my co-host on this episode, uh, Culture Shot, Vote or Die. Um, and uh, shout out to you, Liz, for, for coming on and, uh, you know, lending us a little bit of your time on a Friday night. I know you're tired from a long week, but thank you for coming on and, uh, you know, laying some information on us and, and the listeners out there. Shout out to the listeners. Um, you know, thank you. I know, like I said, I know we've been gone for a while. We're working on some big things and we're going to be coming back here real soon, bigger and better than ever. And so just stay tuned. Stand by. Stay tuned. Um, we'll be back. So um, that, uh, you know, the, the healthcare workers, I know we're coming into flu season. Um, things are going to be ramping up and we're going to really see what this uh, what this uh, pandemic is looking like. Uh, hopefully, you know, it's not as bad. Um, but, you know, thank you for the work y'all have been doing, continue to do. And we know you will be doing here moving forward. Also, the essential workers that are still essential in my book. Um, you know, you guys out there, you know, doing the work for us, making sure we got all the, the, the shelves are stocked, all those things that we take for granted on the daily that we didn't realize how much we needed until we didn't have it. Um, the unsung heroes, as always, you know, the, the trash collectors, the people, you know, all those things that we need that we take for granted. Like I just said, thank you for the ones that do it in the military who are not only in the middle of a pandemic, but, you know, still deployed and, and all those things. You know, hey, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I know we're coming to the holiday season. And those of y'all that are, are you know, away from family and loved ones. Hey, we're with you. If we can give you a little bit of something, there's something that, you know, you want us to maraud on, you know, let us know. Hit us up. There's a number of different ways out there you can contact us at Culture Marauders. Starting at Instagram at the underscore culture underscore marauders. You know, we post a lot of like weirdo stuff out there, but some good stuff too, just to have fun and keep you interested. So hit us up on there, comment and like. And uh, hey, we'll take a couple follows too, if you don't mind. Also hit us up on Facebook at the Culture Marauders. And then, um, you know, you got something like you say, you want to maraud on something, hey, hit up Kells or, or, or Rena. Hey, can y'all uh, dig into this and come up with this topic or something that you want to get on the show about? Hey, Anybody can get on this show. Everybody has a story and we want to capture that. So hit us up at thecultureamarauders at gmail.com. And last but not least, before we get out of here, I want to give a rest in peace to Eddie Van Halen. Guitar God, guitar hero, um, passed away uh, earlier this week at age 65 with complications of a life long bout with uh, cancer. Um, uh, yeah, and um, shout out to his family. He was uh, one fourth of the band uh, that was named after him and his brother, Alex, uh, namesake Van Halen. And you had uh, Michael Anthony and uh, David Lee Roth and uh, Sammy Hagar uh, also filling in in and out. But, you know, hits like Jump, Panama, Hot for Teacher, Why Can't This Be Love? I mean, endless, endless, endless. Formed in 72, found by Gene Simmons out in uh, Pasadena, California. Um, and the rest is rock history. So rest in peace, uh, rock God, and, uh, you know, we'll miss you. So but that also signing off. So look, get out and vote. If you didn't get anything else from this, anything, not you know, talking about Eddie Van Halen, not where you can find us, not, you know, all the other stuff. Get out and vote. Regardless of who you vote for, take advantage and exercise your right. Do it right and, and make a difference. So that being said, Culture Marauders are signing off with a culture shot. Vote or die. And as always, I'd like to say one culture, one blood, one love. Peace.